tonight. of Los Angeles have won an NBA championship. I don't know. You hear about this? Heard about it. Heard about it. In Minneapolis. Like they're all, Minneapolis is claiming their 17th title. Yeah. <laughs> That's their franchise. <laughs> Screw the Timberwolves. We're the real Lakers. Yeah. Good for them. Good yeah. for LA. Yeah. Uh, and good for the NBA. Good for the fact that everything went down well in the bubble. And and uh, I think, every, you know, coming out of this, the my perception, and I think everybody, everybody else, there's no, there's no asterisk to this title. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's maybe one of the hardest titles to ever go through. I mean, man, three months in that bubble. I think the level of mental toughness required was higher. Um, I mean, it's physically, I think it might've been a little bit easier because without the travel um, and those demands on the, on the bodies, although they were playing a little more often in the early rounds um, they were playing like, but, but yeah, I think mentally, I think it just would have been terrible. Like mm. being away from your family that long. And I don't know, I don't, I've, I mean, I'm a student now, not a full-time worker, but I've never had a job where I loved my coworkers that much. Right. Right. Where I wanted to spend three months like sequestered with them, like a friggin' jury. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just, especially um, if one of your coworkers is Dwight Howard. <laughs> I would hate him. I would have killed him. Um, are there any uh, NBA titles that have an asterisk beside them? Spurs 99. Because of the shortened season, yeah, but not I mean, not like. And I think this one has to have an asterisk. It's it's a shortened season. It's definitely a footnote. Uh, and same with the Spurs. Like it's not. It's still considered a title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I just I just I'm a hater. I, I hate, just hate, I hate on the Spurs. I don't I don't question the 2012 Heat title, right? Even though that was a shortened season oh, yeah. too. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm also a hater of the Spurs, and I'm not sure why. Um, I, and it's not that I hate them. I think that they're like good for the world. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah, oh, you're so boring. God, you're so boring. But you know, yeah, it was I'm that. voting for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boring might be a nice change in 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 our U.S. politics. Not absolutely not in our NBA finals. We don't want boring. No, I agree. You know what I think is interesting? Um, you're like. 
at the top of the show, you go, I don't know if you heard, but the uh, Lakers won the championship. And it's kind of interesting because like whenever, whenever a team wins the championship, the following day, sports media talks about it. And then it's like, it never, ever happened. Like the, the day after that, nobody's talking about basketball at all, unless it's, you know, Daryl Morey leaving mm-hmm. the, right. the Rockets, you know? Um, I, I, guess, I guess that's the nature of news, but like so much of uh, sports news, I feel like is pontificating and opinionating. Um, you can, you can keep having opinions about, you know, who's the best basketball player or who's a better basketball player or whatever. I don't know. I think, I think it's magnified this year by the fact that football season's already happening. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they're like, I mean, the Lakers were lucky to make the a block for sports like shows, right? It's like, all right, Lakers won the championship. Now let's look at the Tennessee Titans. They've got a lot of players out with COVID. <laughs> and they just yeah. the NFL just dominates sports coverage. It does. Do you guys do you guys like and or follow football professionally or collegiately? I used to be a hardcore fan. Like I would watch three games on Sunday and the game on Monday. And I would watch college football on Saturday. And then I sort of had a moment like when in 2007, 2008, when I first started reading the stuff about um, the like Gladwell wrote a piece for the New Yorker or whatever it was about the um, the stuff on the what was it called? The, um, that was giving people brain um, damage. And, Concussions? Yeah. <laughs> CTE. <laughs> and, and then I, what's it called I, when people can't recall things <laughs> they have trouble remembering uh, so that yeah, was when the first studies were coming out about like all the cte and i was like right yeah this doesn't sit well with me and i'm just like yeah i'm kind of done so I, I basically haven't really followed it since then i mean I'll, I'll watch playoff games but i don't watch regular season games ever kind of in the same boat where i used to be a hardcore football fan um, and now I'm kind of a casual fan. I'll on Sunday, if I'm not watching anything else, I'll, I'll put it on, but I'm not, I'm not intense. And like, it's not a, mu- it's not must, it's not appointment viewing for me. Yeah. I have, I have friends who, who, you know, played football and love football, but they don't watch anymore because of that. I think I was kind of looking for that moral reason to not watch because I just don't like football. I'm just not it's like such a bummer to me when nfl live comes on or uh you know like when pot podcasts that i like they like lead with a basketball story and then they start talking about the ins and outs of professional or college football and i'm like who cares who cares lots of people i know so many people do yeah. So many people do. It's such a boring game compared to basketball. Ooh, like yeah. basketball, I mean, basketball is just like so fast and like, and like, I don't know. It's, it's football so specialized and it's just like the goal is huge. <laughs> How can you not get it to the goal? It's so big. There's no goalie either. I know there's no goalie. Um, you know, no, I wish there is- was. You know, I wish there was more scoring and like. Like because of all the like because it's so close to war and like killing people, they have over the years they've had to like implement these rules 
where things like, why is it called football now? Uh, they barely kick it. Uh, there's, there's, there's whole teams called special teams. Like, what are special teams? I don't know, man. Is this a gimmick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you trying to trick me with these special teams? I mean, I get that it's boring. I don't know if you – there was a – I don't know if they still do it. Back in the day, the NFL Network would show the Sunday – they would re rebroadcast the games, and they would just cut out all of the, like, pauses – and games would take no shit 12 to 15 minutes. And it was like, it's crazy because those games take three plus hours on a I Sunday. feel like it's the emperor's new clothes. There's so much pomp and circumstance around it and like game day flags and bands with tubas and cheerlead. Like it's all a distraction from what's happening on the field which is a big old nothing. Nothing is going on there. It's people ramming into each other. That is that is most of football. Uh, then why not just watch Demolition Derby? <laughs> I don't get it. it. Like I and I understand it takes a lot of skill. I understand that it's pushing the human body to its very limits and that it requires the greatest athletes in the world in order to succeed. And there's only a few people who can do what each player does at each specific position. But you know what? The same is true about performance artists. Who cares? Who cares? Well, maybe performance artists should start ramming into each other. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I, I know there's so much tradition in the United States, but it doesn't surprise me that it hasn't caught on around the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, Micah, do you watch any other sports besides basketball? Um, not. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of other sports. I, I'll enjoy watching tennis. I mm-hmm. think tennis is like an exciting game. Like as far as like, you know, if tennis is basketball, then golf is football. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Of like the gentleman's sports, like golf is just like, there's very little happening here. I see. Yeah. A lot, people a lot walking, of walking around. <laughs> yeah. 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 I used to um, watch a lot. I used to watch a lot of golf. Never been a golf fan. Loved it. Loved it. Especially I do like, like stuff. Oh, I was great. I do enjoy go, going to see live sports. I love seeing a live hockey game or going to a baseball game. Um, but basketball, I think, is primarily the one that I really enjoy watching on television more than anything else. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite to watch on television. But I'll, I'll put on a hockey game, a baseball game, or a football game, or what have you. Uh, Uh, I feel like uh, sports watching sports for me is like a habit and it's like a bad one because it it, like it just takes up so much of one's time to like watch and follow and you know you're not really creating anything when you're doing it you're just sort of vegging out Uh, and so I, I even with basketball I try to limit my intake because I'm like you know I'm not a sports reporter I'm not a recruiter. I don't need to know all of this stuff. Um, 
you know, I like watching highlights. I like looking at stats. Um, and I, I like, I like watching every game of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like every game. I like watching every <laughs> game. And I mean, this time of year when it's like, there's so few breaks in between the games and you have every sport pretty much going on right now. I just, in the last few months, haven't had a night to just like watch a TV show or read a book. Right. And TV is my industry. You know what I mean? Like I should be watching all of this uh-huh. television and instead I've been watching the playoffs. I hear the vow is good. I haven't seen it. I have. Uh, that's one that I've seen a lot of. And that's one that I yell at the screen. Like I'm watching a football game. Oh, wow. So that's good. Oh, do you know what, or you know it's what not the vow you're is yelling about? It, you hate it. <laughs> yeah, I hate okay, these people. So bad. I'm like, y'all are so, like, it's it's about people who joined a cult, and I, like, I know that they're victims, I guess, but I have a hard time sympathizing with people who joined cults because I'm like, you did this, right? You willingly did this to yourself. I'm sorry you got branded on your mom's pubis. That <laughs> really sucks. What? <laughs> Sounds like a good show. Uh, that's one of the ass. Do you know that? Uh, we can talk about it later. The vow, the vow is about the Nexium, uh, cult specifically the DOS branch of that, which was essentially a sex trafficking pyramid scheme. Um, and they branded people and, um, really heinous, awful stuff. And I, I'm, Upset that it happened. Yeah. Um, but also, don't jo- don't join a sex cult. If yeah. you get a weird feeling about something that you're joining, take a step back and don't join it right away. Yeah, give it a month to think. Give it a it. month. Give it a month. Give it a month. You guys ever done a pyramid scheme before? I so I um got like a flyer or something to uh, work for Cutco, which is like the knives selling. Same here. And I went to like the interview. Same here. Got it. Uh, And then went to like the first training session and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is just stupid. You know what? I went and it was like, it was in this like rundown like shopping plaza and it just had like a banner up. And there was like a fish tank in there and you signed in on this desk and this dude came out from the back and he looked hung over, but he had this dry hair that was slicked back. You know what I'm saying? Like someone who like just got there, didn't shower that morning, had a bunch of hair gel in the back and then slicked his hair back. And then he did the, he did the demonstration for us and he was like, go ahead. And he held this rope out for me to cut with the knife and I sliced his thumb open. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh but he was like oh no worries i was like you should probably go to the hospital man i got pretty deep on that and um and then they had you know that questionnaire that you fill at the end like do you have problems like basically manipulating your friends and family in order to buy knives and i was like uh he was like looks like you're having some trouble um with the questionnaire. To, yeah, it looks like we have happy. people who don't have problems with these ethical questions. And I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. All right, cool. I just wasted two hours. Okay. Well, at least you got to cut them. And you know the knives are sharp in case you ever need to buy them. 
Yo, Cutco knives, they're super sharp. They're they're solid knives. But if you ever go over to someone's house and they have Cutco knives, just know that they're a fool. <laughs> yeah, that they had a salesperson come to their house and give them a spiel that's been said millions of times. Mm-hmm. And it was probably their cousin. Right. Doing their cousin a favor. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. Um, something I've heard a lot of is when when a team becomes the champion, they're now the team to beat, obviously. And the Lakers, with their size, especially with AD, um, are teams now going to feel like they need a big if they if they want to compete through with the Lakers and win a championship, which is you know the opposite of where NBA has been trending. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a big swing. At least this year. If the Lakers win again, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I like. I was hearing this analysis, and I also thought like that just seems like overreacting to the last thing that happened. But that's capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> that. and it's, it's also like wrong, right? Like Anthony Davis is good and big. So if you can get a player who's <laughs> Anthony Davis, yeah. that's what you should do. But don't just get a player who's as big as Anthony Davis because, yeah, if you get a big guy who can also guard people on the perimeter and like, <laughs> then right. then by all means. But there aren't many of those. No, no and John, that's exactly the answer to that. Like, you know who's going to be on the market? JaVale McGee and yeah. Dwight Howard. Fucking have at it. Right. Yeah, that's well, not who. Gonna- who who, what other big is there like Anthony Davis? Giannis. Yeah. I mean, let's, I mean, bull bull. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, like he's not ready yet. No. I mean, Giannis. Um... And, and I mean, um, what's his, um, I think for the Heat, like, I think they have, they have something going, right? Bam can be like Anthony Davis in four or five years. Not as good maybe, but he's, if you can get another BAM, then do it by all means. But again, it's not easy. Yeah, so what, what we're talking about here are, anyways are long-term prospects. So if L.A. wins the next two years, I definitely think we'll see a swing. Mm-hmm. But we'll also there's also going to be more players who will mold themselves into uh, an Anthony Davis-style player who are large. Yeah. Bowl types. I mean, I think we're already seeing like every or a lot of bigs who come out of college or high school have added uh, the jump shot to their game because they know they need to do mm-hmm. it. So as that happens, we'll see we'll see some very athletic bigs who could also shoot come into the NBA. Um, and I think that's I mean, that component is really important. And you've got that with like a Michael Porter Jr., or whatever, but the defensive yeah. side of Anthony Davis is the side that is so much more du- difficult to duplicate, and no one can do that coming out of college, yeah. right? Like you have to be in the pros for years before you can be that good on defense the way he is. I don't know. We'll see. Man, did they play some good defense in Game Six? Jesus, it wins championships, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, four Pistons, baby. <laughs> All the way. All right. Uh, so you mentioned it earlier about uh, Daryl Morey stepping down. Probably mutual between him and the owner. Uh, 
I, I, I've been a fan of what Houston's done over the past decade or so. At least, like, just they've kind of changed the game. I mean, they've they've really instituted small ball and what has what we've seen with the rise of the three point shot. Um, it, I'm I, I don't I don't think I don't think Houston changed the game. Really, I I think the Warriors did, and the Houston and Houston copied them and tried to do that. And did it to a greater extent to less success. John, you're shaking your head. Yeah, that's, I mean, no, it's not, it's, it's not true. Like, I mean, in some sense it is the, like Houston did copy some of the stuff the Warriors were doing um, in recent years. Like they, they just, and they weren't as good, but no, like Maury, when he came into the league, he changed he, like no one was doing analytics and yeah. Billy Bean was already a thing. Like Moneyball was out and people like, I vividly remember people saying, yeah, that applies to baseball, but that's not, but basketball is different. Basketball is a team sport rather than individuals. And it's this and that. And I remember, I just remember the discussions and it was like, and then Maury is like, no, here's what we're going to mm-hmm. do. Here's the data we're going to collect and how we're going to, change like everything and he i mean it's just like it's just like billy bean man he it sucks that he didn't win a championship yeah it just sucks because the postseason has a certain randomness to it and he just didn't get over the hump and i feel like that's gonna people are gonna remember him differently as a result and it's too bad like it's too freaking bad i don't know well uh Funk Master Flex uh, and Will Smith. Both in rap, Will Smith was able to win that championship over and over and over again by standing on his shoulders. Mm. So I stand corrected. It sounds to me like you're saying the Warriors copied what Daryl Morey was doing and had more success at doing it. Well, in a way, but in a way, the Nelly Ball Warriors were doing this before, like, like, um, you know, anyone was doing it. So there is the old school Warriors thing. But in terms of I think that's just how Don Nelson wanted to play basketball. I don't think Don Nelson was, you know, going through the numbers and being like, you know what? Here's what we need to do. I think he just. How how long has Maury been at um, been in Houston? 13 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So I think though, but so Maury was the first to do the analytics thing. He wasn't the first ever to do some sort of small ball stuff. And he wasn't all about small ball. He's just right. all about three pointers. Yeah. And it I turned think... out this micro ball thing and stuff was the only way he could even compete this year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, I just think it's too sad. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Moneyball. And that, of course. that, that ending when Brad Pitt, like, uh, or Billy Bean or whatever decides not to go to Boston when you know, as a you know viewer, you know there's a championship waiting for him in Boston, like hundred mm. percent certainty. And he's like, "All right, I'm going to turn around and go home." And it's like, oh. mm-hmm. and yeah, I think you're right that uh, Maury was the innovator of analytics into the game of basketball and the rise of of not the rise of because the three point shot obviously existed, but really focusing on that and the, and because of the math, because of the expected value of a three point shot versus a long two, 
the Warriors were probably the ones who were innovative with small ball, as you were saying. And there, because yeah. Mori was more about we got to shoot threes. And then um, the small ball came from the Warriors and Houston with, as you said, their micro ball. And that's an example of the league copying the Warriors and real and putting yeah. together teams because they have to compete with the Warriors. And it's it seems ridiculous in, in hindsight that like even analytically, it's simple algebra that three pointers are worth more than two pointers. Right. If people are shooting two pointers at 50% and they're shooting three pointers at 30%, it's still worth more. Like way more. 33. 33 would have to be the break even. You'd have to get to 33 for the math to work. Is that right? Yeah. To do expected value, you. People don't shoot 50 anyways. Well, yeah, but they also, first of all, back in the day, they weren't shooting, they weren't shooting um, 30 either. Right, or they were no one was shooting like 40% like some people are now. And from the three, other difference you mean. is it, it leads to much more variance because three-point rebounds are much different than two-point rebounds. Like if you get inside and get the ball up, that rebound is coming back soft, like if you miss. So the percentage of rebounded shots is just the distribution is just different because three-pointers will bounce, you know, every different direction, especially if Paul George is taking it. It could go off the side of the it backboard. Could go off the side of the backboard, yeah. Um, Man, he's not going to live that down. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Paul. Love you. Um, no, but, he's got to win a championship in order to live he, that down. He will. Mm-hmm. Tyler's got that. Um, Tyler's but yeah, got it. I think you, you have to have the guns. You have to have, like, people like Clay Thompson who can shoot with zero dribbles, people like Steph Curry who can shoot from – 35 feet mm-hmm. and and PJ you know, Tucker who could nail that corner three. Yeah. I mean the, the corner three was a big one because more guys could get it because they're being ignored and it's a little bit closer. So the percentages are there. So you get the Bruce Bowens who can't shoot at all and then just develop like I can only shoot a corner three level skill. So yeah, you got to have the horses for that sort of track meet. And I, I think that it didn't um, yeah, it just, it makes sense. The numbers were there, but people didn't have the the guys to do it for a lot of time. Yeah, and it is a shame that Morey never won a championship. Not that his career is necessarily over. Um, but yeah. Houston came close a few times, and they, they did when the rest of the league was thinking they need to just wait out the Warriors run. Houston was like, no, we're going we're gonna to give it a shot, especially while they had Harden. Exactly, and that I respect. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that's the thing. I, I think it's great that they kept it going. Cause they also never tanked even between like Ming and McGrady and this era. Yeah. Right. They never, they never went down and got like a top five or even, you know, whatever draft pick. Yeah. They, yeah. They're always like for a while, they were like kind of the eight seed or maybe like yeah. just missing the playoffs when they had like Shane Battier, Kyle Lowry, uh, who else were on those teams? Oh, like, um, I guess everybody who was traded for Harden. Yeah, everyone was traded for James Harden. Ty Lue was. <laughs> That's right. Didn't he play for the uh, Rockets back then? Yeah, he, I think so. I don't know. Let's. I'm going to look that up. Um, 
how do you guys feel as fans watching today's anal- game, watching today's NBA game that's um, clearly inspired by analytics and then watching the more old school game of the 80s and 90s? Do you guys long for that uh, more traditional, I guess, older style of play? Or do you like, do you think it's more exciting nowadays? Also, refereeing is is different as well. But yeah, let's 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 take that out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I I loved the Showtime Lakers back in the day, like I you know way back in the day. And then I I don't know I I'm I'm of two minds on this. Like for one, I feel like there was more strategy in the half court with establishing post position and kind of working the ball around. And now it's just like, eh, this guy can, let's just get run and chuck it. Um, (laughs) But I do like that the game is more wide open. Like I like that there can be guys like running off of multiple screens on the outside and then just throwing up threes and actually making them. They have the skills to do it. So yeah, I guess I kind of, I kind of feel both things are true. I think it's a little more random now. And just watching people chuck threes all game, I'm kind of like, eh. But I do like that the I do like that it moves fast and that there's just more wide open play. The court feels a lot smaller these days. Like people used to be packed in the lane. Oh yeah. I feel like. Yeah, and no one took the shots that people are taking now, like like the shots that Dame Lillard will take. Yeah. I do miss I miss the I miss the variance of different styles of play cuz now I think like everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. By the way, uh Ty Lu played for Houston for one season in 0405. Yeah. Steve Francis? Steve oh yeah, Francis. I remember Steve yeah. Francis. Skip to my Lou? I love Skip to my Lou. Did not like Stevie Franchise, but Skip to my Lou was awesome. Street baller. Did Sam Cassell still play for them then? No, he was there for his, the start of his career and he won those when they won in the nineties. And then he went on to like Minnesota, I think. You right. Yeah. I liked it. I always liked him. Yeah. yeah I used to, he, he played at uh, Florida state, I think. And I watched him live I lived outside. I lived basically on the campus of UNC and I watched, he got a lot of Charlie horses. Oh yeah. He would just like, he used to get a lot of Charlie horses. Like it happened on numerous games and I saw him play live and it happened to him live. That's something I remember as an eight year old child. (laughs) Was he there with Charlie Ward? I believe yes. Yeah, he would have been. I believe yes. Yep. But Charlie Ward was not known for his basketball. No. Heisman (laughs) Trophy winner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So with the the Rockets now moving off of Maury and D'Antoni, who's the other piece in that, who's like the coach who kind of innovated in that style. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm wondering where they go from here. Like, I wonder if they're thinking about blowing it up. I think maybe they shouldn't just to see if 
there's so many people who work in that style now just to see if having fresh blood and a fresh perspective on that will actually catapult them to more success. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that it 100% depends on the market that's out there for Russell Westbrook. Um, I don't think they can possibly trade James Harden. Like I would not, I would not want to give up Harden. He's, he's just too good. Um, but I don't think that James Harden and Russell Westbrook can win as a, as a duo. And if there's no market for Westbrook and there might be because maybe the Knicks want him or some team wants the star power and has a contract to match that's, you know, maybe shorter, um, then maybe you move Russell Westbrook and try and rebuild with that guy and James Harden. But if you can't move Westbrook, then I think you just, you know, run it back. I mean, I don't think you're going to win the title, but, you know, most teams don't. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe run it back a year because you still, I think Harden's there for two more years and a player option, I think. It could be three. Years. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who you replace Harden. You got to, if you're Houston, you got to hold on to Harden. Yes. Forever. forever. I, I don't know. I think if, I mean, they have this is probably one of the reasons why Maury left. It's like, they have no more moves to make. They have very little assets. Their cap is maxed out. Uh, and they have Westbrook who I don't think Maury ever wanted. He was just kind of forced to make that trade because Harden didn't want to play with Paul. And yeah. so because they have no more moves to make, and this is unless they, they could just find some good role players. I, I think if it doesn't work again for another year, you got you you definitely want to trade Harden before he hits free agency. Man, I know he's great, but I don't know. Maybe you can get like a king, an Anthony Davis type return for him. It's possible. It's possible, and I think part of it too depends on um, for for Tita or whatever his willingness <laughs> to luxury tax it. Because, right. you know, all reports are he's pretty broke. Um, and so that's real money. Mm -hmm. You know, that's um, so I, I don't know. There's only two players I can think that you could actually conceivably trade for him. But I don't know if either team would. Probably not. Giannis or um, Durant. Because LeBron and AD aren't going anywhere. No. I, I don't think I mean, Milwaukee would do that. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you would get, I don't know how you would trade James you know, Harden. For Milwaukee him. would only do it if Giannis says, I'm leaving. Yeah. And then, and Harden says, I'll resign, which I don't, I don't see that. Cause I mean, you know, nothing against the strip clubs in Milwaukee, but I can't it's imagine great. James Harden. Would rather be there. There's a lot you can have against the strip clubs of Milwaukee. <laughs> I, you know what? Yeah. I've never been. Um, do you I've remember the been. player Larry Sanders? Did he like get in a fight and break his hand at a strip club in Milwaukee? Or at some club in Milwaukee. I don't remember if it was a strip club. Or Maybe not. not a strip club, just a regular club. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think if they were to trade Harden... I, I went through a few uh, thoughts about this possibility just for fun. 
I think I was thinking about trading with Boston because Boston has all their picks, is a contender. They have the salaries to match up. So it would have to be just like a totally blowing it up trade on Houston's part just to get like, you know, five first rounders. Because this year they have three first rounders. They have their own. They have Memphis's and Milwaukee's. The other wild one is New Orleans. If uh, it's uh, they do a sign and trade with Brandon Ingram, and he'd be the big piece coming back. Possibly and him and Lonzo Ball. And a pick? I don't know. I I like the idea of Harden and and uh and Zion. I I do too. I think I think the the Celtics thing, I don't know if that has legs because I just the this draft, no one's really excited about it, and none of those picks are even high in a draft that no, they would also have to put in like their 2021 pick uh, and their 2023 play. pick. <laughs> yeah. I don't want Celtics picks. <laughs> like, Maybe in 2025. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I That would be, it would be interesting because yeah, they could get Gordon Hayward back or something. Yeah. And yeah. Play out his option year and then send him packing and clear the, clear the space. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Can't trade them to the Clippers because the Clippers have nothing as far as assets go. No. no. OKC does, though. He could be uh, reunited with Chris Paul. They're not. They're going the <laughs> way. Yeah, they're going they the other way. They have more first-round picks than anyone, though. So, right. you know, they got years and years of them. Um, yeah, any... Uh, Improvements to the Lakers you like? Because the Lakers are definitely going to toy around, try to get a different set of role players. We talked about Oladipo last week. And I... you, I think, John, you were saying that um, he's, it's going to take more... It's going to take more than just their pick this year and, and Kuzma to get Oladipo. Yeah, I think it'll be a bidding war, and I just don't think the Lakers have enough in the treasure mm-hmm. chest to offer. But it, I could be wrong, and he could maybe push for the Lakers, or I don't know how that's going to work. But. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's going to fetch a great return, just because he's only signed for one more year, and and he's got injury history. Yeah, you could be right, but he's he's in a prime like like a position, right? Like he can he can score, he can defend. He's a, like a great wing. Like that is that's pretty that's pretty valuable if his you know injuries are okay. Mm-hmm. So I think people are going to take a chance on him, and I think they're gonna. I think he's worth the risk. So how how hard is L.A. Gonna be shopping Kuzma around. That's what I want. Oh, <laughs> I think everywhere. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, man, oh man, that was. Uh, he's a good player, though. That's the thing. He's a good third option on another team, maybe. Um. So that's pretty valuable, I think. Plus, his mm-hmm. contract is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do, I, I wonder. 
I mean, I don't see I don't see LA trying to get like another first round pick for Kuzma because they just they want to add people who are ready to help them win next year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carmelo, do you think Carmelo Anthony will be playing? I bet he does. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right now. Yeah. I think that Carmelo Anthony will be in Lakers purple and gold next year, next season. If if so, like I'm a I'm a Carmelo truther, love him. <laughs> um, I would love to see that. The thing that doesn't quite add up is why wasn't he there already? Right when he signed a like minimum salary deal with Portland, or when he was unsigned. Right, like he's just he's just out there hanging out doing nothing with no team. I think his mindset at that point, I think he, I think he sort of had to come to grips with how old he was and how unable to play. He was two years ago. He was an OKC Mm -hmm. going, I'm going to be a starter. And at the beginning, where did he go after that? Well, he went to Houston, or he went right. to, and yeah, he got Atlanta. cut from Houston, Atlanta, then Houston. Yeah, he was immediately. I think Rob, I think Rob Palenka was like, "Yeah, we're not pulling that guy in. We're we're definitely not pulling that guy in. Like, he is like everywhere he's gone, he's been locker room poison. Except now he's sort of proven himself in Portland. Yeah, that's the he's thing. Been a very like very you know a." a a positive influence on that team as a second stringer. I think he could do some real damage for LA next year. I think I would love it. Like absolutely love love it. I just think any concerns about him being like locker room poison would be unfounded with LeBron in the locker room. Of course. Absolutely. So I think, I think honestly they didn't sign him. I don't know if it was even Plink. I think it was probably LeBron saying, Mm, yeah. yeah, he's done. He but but as you said, this and wants him. I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, as you said, Mike, he's, if they thought he was done, he showed with Portland that he still has something left. Right. But does this. And, and, and willing to share it. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Is before he kind of was in his own way. And now he has come to grips with his own mortality and is ready to continue to extend his playing career. Does he, and I, I, and I don't know the answer to this. Does he make sense on a defense focused team? Like, (laughs) no, is he he the guy everyone else is playing defense and he's getting buckets with the second unit that, that could be a thing. I mean, that that's a possibility, but the other thing is, he could be just that guy that they're that the other team is picking on off every like screening to get him every time they go down. I'll tell you what, um, I'll still take him over Kuzma. Yeah. Kuzma was not a solid he was a solid twelve points a game, and that's it. Mello can get you that and play defense as well or almost as well as young Kyle Kuzma. So I, I think I he does that. make sense. I, I hope. Here's another thing. I also think LeBron is sort of waiting for Chris Paul's uh, price to go down before he's like, 
What do you? Yeah. yeah. What do you think, man? I mean, we got Rondo here. We could we could kick him back to um, third string. Chris Paul would be great in the playoffs, and I know he desperately wants to win a championship. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, how, do you know? Do you know what's his contract like? Well, he's got. I mean, his contract's very high. It's like forty-five million, and he's right, got for, for how, how for many years? Two more years. Two more. Which is not so bad because he's still he's still a good player, mm-hmm. and I'm sure LeBron would would love him on the team. I don't know if they can make the contracts work with what they're sending back, and if. OKC might. Oh, I don't think they could trade for him. I don't think yeah. they could trade for him. So they would have to. You're, you're saying like waiting for him to be a free agent. Yeah, and at which it, at which point he and Melo and LeBron will all be about 37, 38 years old. Yeah. Uh, and Wade Wade is, will come out of retirement. Right. How much longer do you think LeBron James can continue to be a the type of leader? team leader that he is. And I'm not even saying like, if they win the championship next year, I almost guarantee you AD will be the MVP of the finals. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I think pretty soon next year, possibly the following year, LeBron is going to be the second option on that team. Mm -hmm. How much longer do you think he's going to actually play? Uh, I could see it. I, I think he's got at he's got one more contract past this one, so he has he signed for next year and I think as a player option for the fi- the year after, so that takes him through like almost to thirty seven, mm-hmm. so then maybe he signs one more deal for like three years and plays till he's forty. I I can totally see him playing till he's forty, at which point like. Yeah, I mean, if he is not in the starting lineup, I don't think it makes sense for him to continue to play basketball. Yeah, I think I think he's going to want to go out while he's still good. And and also like he has a lot of other things to yeah. be doing. Like like uh, for <laughs> a billionaire's time is worth more than being <laughs> second string on a basketball team making a million and a half dollars. He's going to be making business deals. He's going to be heading up a, a a charitable organization. He's going to be making movies. There's just like, he has better things to do with his time than even if his team is competing for a championship, if they're able to put things together around AD so that he's just there and going for a championship. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I still see him as being good for being very good for like at least three more years. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Which is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going to want to chase the six titles mm-hmm. to match Jordan. Let me talk. Let's, let's talk. I was hoping this would come back okay. around. Cause there's people, there's people that are like, there's nothing that LeBron James can do. I've already seen his body of work. I've seen what he's capable of doing. Michael Jordan's a better basketball player. That's ridiculous. To say that out loud into a microphone is ridiculous when a man's career is not done. 
Yeah. Is it not? Yeah. He he could win. He could win six championships and people would be like, nah, well, Michael Jordan did it and you know, he never lost to finals. There will always the, be the argument there is yeah. like Jordan only made it to six finals. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, there there that, will always that really be chaps my ass. <laughs> There'll definitely always be people who say that Jordan at his peak was better. Mm-hmm. And I do think there was maybe because I was a child, I thought that the Bulls were just unbeatable with Jordan in a way that I don't think of the Lakers or definitely not the Cavs when LeBron was there. Miami had that a bit. Mm-hmm. So did the uh, 2008 Lakers. I mean, the 2008 um, Celtics. The Warriors a couple years ago. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, We've yeah. always felt this way about teams. Yeah. Um, I guess the Spurs were never that. But people are still like, Tim Duncan is the best power forward to ever play the game. And <laughs> I don't know. Is he though? He's won. He won a lot of championships. Yes. I think Carl Malone is probably a better player than Tim Duncan. I mean, if if I'm looking for power forward, I'm probably going to pick Carl Malone before I pick Tim Duncan. And also, if you want to go that route, Bill Russell was a better power forward. Well, does or he, was or, he, or was he a center at six eight? He was a center. He was a six foot eight center. Is that what we're going to say? I. I from what I know, he played center. Yeah. 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 All right. So the point is, it does. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> it, like positions are nothing. At least nowadays, positions nowadays, are hardly yeah. anything. So. Yeah, a, a Duncan like versus Carl Malone. At his peak, I think Charles Barkley was better than Duncan at his peak. Barkley was great at his peak. Yeah. But what, like when we're talking about best all time, are we talking about the peak? Like peak means just one moment in time. Yeah. That. So like Jeremy Lin is the best point guard of all time. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Like, like a peak peak means nothing. It means something. It definitely means means something. something. And it, it wasn't just like, for a year, it was obviously like an extended run. Um, you know, LeBron's definitely going to have him on longevity. And I think when he starts getting all those records, I'm going to, I will think that LeBron is the greatest player of all time. Also known as the GOAT. That's funny. Like, we're talking all time, right? Like, what, then why are we talking about peak? We should be talking about longevity and greatness uh, over a period of time. Not just a moment in time. That drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. I'm not even saying that LeBron is the GOAT. I have said it before. Michael Uh Jordan certainly has him beat in a couple of key categories. Championships. Insanity. 
championships and scoring average, but not by much in the scoring average department and not by much in the championships department. So what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. So the people that are like, yeah, I've seen Jordan play and I've seen LeBron play. Jordan's better. Are ridiculous human beings. Give it two more years. If LeBron has won six championships and six MVPs, you see the goat. Definitely an argument. I I will say yes. Ah, is it still an argument? At it's that still point? an argument. People will still say the six and zero thing for Jordan. I think the fact that he's not six and zero though. In the finals. he's six for thirteen seasons. <laughs> it's not six and zero. There's several years that he didn't make it to the finals and tried. That's ridi- that's a ridiculous thing. Six and zero is not the case. That's not the case. That's not an argument to be made. Right. If you get knocked out in the conference finals. Right. That's six period. Period. You have six championships. LeBron has four. I one another thing that I think makes him or will make him the goat is just how amazing of a playmaker he's become. LeBron, that is. And that's like maybe the most important skill on the court. One could argue that. And he uh, started out that way as a great playmaker. Like that was his whole thing as he modeled his game around Magic Johnson. Um, he was a great passer when he came in. He's improved his shooting. I think he's improved his scoring. Uh, of course, he's improved his uh, passing and his uh, knowledge of the game. And But he's always been an incredibly smart. Uh, that's another thing that he's better at Jordan at. He's just better. He's just more emotionally capable, understands how to talk to people on his team and who, who are playing against him. Um, that's what Kobe came around to at the end of his career. And Michael Jordan never did. And that's why he sits alone smoking cigars and drinking whiskey by himself. Nowadays. <laughs> yep. Um, um, Anyway, anyway, I don't know. This 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 always devolves into it's like talking politics, isn't it? Yeah, and I and I think anybody who kind of mo or a lot of people whose like peak fandom years were in the '90s is just going to say Jordan because it's they because they were children, right? But here's the thing. More people were children while LeBron James was the greatest player of uh, on the planet than were children when Michael Jordan was the greatest player on the planet. Because LeBron James has had a much longer run of being the greatest player on the planet. Mm-hmm. And is playing with people like Kuzma, I guess, who grew up watching him. That's that's kind of a mind fuck too, isn't it's gotta it? Be a like mind fuck. People who it reminds me of how young. Like they were saying, uh, what's his face? The baby face assassin on the on Miami hero, Tyler Hero. Like it's from Milwaukee, but he grew up a Miami Heat fan. And he was like, Yeah, because I was a kid when uh, you know when he and Dwayne Wade got together and then they showed a picture of him and he was a child like swimming in a Jersey. I was like, 
He he was like six, eight years old. Not really. Maybe like 10, but still. 10. Because what, he's like 20 now? I guess he's 20. 19. 19 or 20. Yeah. Well, uh, season's over. And Minnesota. I want to keep talking about it. I want (laughs) to keep talking about it. The GOAT conversation can go on forever. Um, because it's LeBron. It's, no, I don't. It's the greatest conversation of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the G-Cot. G-Coat. G-Coat. Uh, Minnesota on the clock. With the first pick in the draft. Um, have you guys done any... Uh, any any reading up on some draft players? Not really. I don't even know when it's gonna be. November eighteenth. I think that's November the that's 18th. the only date that's set. There's still no set date for when free agency begins and when the season will begin. I thought I heard a rumor about the season was like mid January, but I think they're still discussing like. It, there are yeah, a few that options. A that was definitely a tentative date, but yeah. like no way the season's happening basically this year. Right. Um, and I just, I don't see how you can do the draft without knowing the free agency situation and the cap. Yeah. Like, I, I think you're right. Free agency has to be soon after as it always is. Yeah. They got to make sure that happens. Yeah, in a normal year, I guess the draft is like June 20th, kind of, around then. Well, the I thought the lottery is always during the finals, right? Or during the conference finals, maybe. Yeah, it's, 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 it's during the late playoffs. And then, yeah, and then the draft is like, I think it's like a, usually a week after. Is that, is that something like a that? A week after the finals? Yeah. That sounds like about that. right. So like... like third week of June and then free agency starts first week of July. Right. And then, but see, like this is such an extraordinary year because you don't even know what the salary cap is going to look like. And how do you, how do you smooth all this stuff over? Cause like, is everyone in the luxury tax now? Because they have these guaranteed contracts and revenue is only going to be this much. And the cap's going to be 60 million. Like (laughs) I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how you do it. So, yeah, yeah, they got to they got to come up with the salary cap soon, at least decide that. Um, my guess is it's gonna be it's gonna stay flat. It'll be like and it's one oh nine million right now. Okay. So even if and revenue obviously is down. They'll just smooth it by keeping it flat for a few years. After revenue picks back up? Yeah, and then eventually go back up. Yeah, it's going to be a little while before revenue catches back up. I mean... And that's interesting because there will be teams looking to cut costs this season, this offseason. So, yeah, I mean, OKC... That's why they want to get rid of Chris Paul. Indiana probably want, I mean, they want to get rid of Oladipo as we've talked about. And all those small market teams. Yeah. Minnesota. They're a mid-sized market, I guess. 
Yeah, uh, no. When you when you when you brought them up as I I did not know that they that, that they had uh, the first pick. And Golden State has the second pick, and that is not fair at all. I know. It's it's perfect for the one year that they that they weren't good that they were injured. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I can't remember a team having. I I know San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, that was the Duncan. best example of that. Perfect but, example. Yeah, but it's just like going from having the second pick. So probably just those two teams going from having top draft pick to being a title contender immediately. Yeah, L.A. Los Angeles uh, with Magic Johnson. Oh, did they? I guess he was. Yeah, he was selected. Cleveland's pick, though, in their case. But yeah, mm. it was somebody else's pick. I think. Oh, it was I didn't Cleveland. know that actually. Good. Yeah, that's how Magic won his uh, rookie year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Magic. It's a broken system. <laughs> hey, do you, guys, do you guys understand the ins and outs of why the NBA has a salary cap? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you do? Tell me about it. Yeah, it's a... I mean, a salary cap is a tool for basically controlling labor costs and keeping owners from like working against each other. It's like a, it's a, it's a, like a legally allowed form of collusion in a sense, right? Because there's a certain amount of revenue that comes in and then 50% of it, it's like right in that area. Mm-hmm. 50% of that goes to the players and 50% goes to the, the ownership group. And if you have a if you have a cap in place, then basically you don't get these owners like in baseball who will just spend, 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 pile up assets and then screw like the small market teams who can never compete. And then also just making things more expensive for everybody. And that's why there's no cap in baseball, because baseball like the union will not do it and they have real power and they've struck repeatedly to avoid it. And the basketball union is traditionally weak, the football union weak, NHL union weak. And so they got it kind of rammed down their throats. Um, But then the NBA does it differently than other leagues where they like apply like a percentage is how, and this is like a recent thing where you can make a certain percentage of the cap if you're like at a certain level of player. And what that does is it allows these certain guys to kind of make 40, 50 million which is awesome. No one can make that in the other leagues, but it also hamstrings those teams a little bit because you can't have three really like number one guys anymore. Like the Heat put together three. Um, you can't put three together anymore. You can put two together, but even then you're like, you see what the Lakers are doing. You're really struggling. Mm-hmm. So it's part of it's for competitive balance. And then part of it is for just controlling the cost of labor. So, and it's tough to keep a team together when someone uh, comes out like a Caruso, for example. Max player. Not a good example. Although kind of a good example, like you weren't expecting it from him this year. Same thing with Jeremy Lin, right? Like Mm -hmm. they just increase their value. And so they, they are forced. And is that why we're seeing so much more, um, movement 
of players uh, between teams than more than we used to? The movement is part of that is like players are signing shorter contracts. Like it's, it's driven by the agents. They're signing shorter contracts to take advantage of, you know, the next jump in the cap and get bigger deals. So they're sacrificing some of that long-term security. It used to be you could sign like, like Magic signed a 10-year deal, right? Back in the day, it was like a million a year for 10 years. And then in the 90s, it was like, oh yeah, let's sign this guy to a seven-year deal worth $200 million. That'll work great. And then they, you know, the owners, you know, tried to protect themselves from themselves and basically capped the length of the deals. And then the players like start, the really good players like LeBron started doing the whole thing. It's like, nah, I'm not going to sign for multiple years because I don't trust your general management skills. And I'm going to, I'm going to like sign for one in ones and all that, always doing player options. And basically now if you're really good, you just, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be really good next year too. And I'm already rich. So I don't have to worry about that. And so now it's like, and that's why like these guys can move around so much faster because the contracts are so short. Like no one signs like really long deals anymore, unless you're a Chris Paul and you're like, this is going to be my last big contract. I got to get five years super max money because no one's going to want me after this. Or if you are a player like a Caruso or, but, or someone who was not very valuable and got, had small contracts all the way like Pat Beverly actually. And then, yeah. And then finally became a valuable player and hit his free agency year. It's like, this is my big, my one big chance to sign a big contract. Yeah. So if you have one shot, then you got to make it as big as possible. Um, like Pat Beverly. But if you're a LeBron James or anyone at that level, you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll just, you know, do these one and one on myself. That's probably what AD is going to do this year because he's actually, he has a player option. No, he, he declined it already. Oh, he did. Okay. Which I assumed he was going to do, but I, I didn't hear that, that he actually already declined it. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I think today maybe that he declined it. Okay. But that was, everyone was expecting that mm-hmm. too. But. Right. So he is technically a free agent this year. Um, right. But I would, you know, he's going to sign with the Lakers. Uh, How long is the uh, salary cap agreement in place for? So I, I I don't know the answer, but it but there is an end date of like the collective bargaining agreement between the players' union and the and the owners. Yeah, and there was the danger of if they didn't if they opted not to play this year, I think the owners would have been able to just rip up the oh, existing. It would have nullified like, the contract. Yeah, and so so yeah, it's they've got a few more years left, but they're already trying to work on the extension because it's very bad when it gets down to the last mm-hmm. minute then we get no basketball like in early 2012 i mean yeah. the first half of the 2012 season 1999 like whatever i mean is the sal- i know that the uh, i know that the players union negotiates player minimums mm-hmm. and also has uh, something in place with the wnba uh, to make sure that they get a certain percentage of revenue earned by the arena or something along those lines yeah, in there about the WNBA. I'm not sure all the details. Um, it seems like they really look out for their fellow players. Is a salary cap something that's because a player like LeBron is crazy underpaid, right? Yeah, yeah. super like top tier superstars are underpaid because there is a player maximum. 
Right. And is so that... it's anti it's anti-free market in a sense, right? Like there are no Mike Trouts or whatever in basketball, and there never will be. But there um but it is good, I guess, from a balance standpoint for the rest of the league. It just I don't know. <laughs> it's too bad. Yeah, I mean, does it benefit? I guess it doesn't benefit those few top tier players who, uh, who are underpaid. Mm-hmm. But everybody else is, for the most part, paid what they're worth, except for people who are the. And there's way more people who are overpaid, what they're worth, who are right. third strings or rookies people, or whatever. Rookies are actually people who aren't paid what they're worth are um, rookies. Yeah. And that's because that contract scale was negotiated by current players who mm-hmm. aren't rookies and who yeah. aren't in the NBA. Like it's negotiated for the people who are coming in. It's like, yeah, we're going to screw these guys. So you can get locked into a four or five year deal as a, you know, rookie and you're just, you're making nothing. Like you're, you know, Giannis didn't make anything. Like, um, or he's is he on his second deal now? I don't know. He's on his second deal, Giannis. He's on his second deal, yeah. yeah. But when he but he was like an impact player immediately. So was right, LeBron. and also he was the fifteenth pick, yeah. which still gets paid something, but not which is and you get a salary based on where you were picked. So Giannis in his first deal was probably getting like four million a year. Yeah, and and worth way right. way more. Luca right now is getting underpaid. Right. Um. Not that he is necessarily even worth this from a winning standpoint, but uh, Zion Williamson has been underpaid for a couple of years now. Like people have been watching him like he's a huge attraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He yeah. probably pulls in hundreds of millions of dollars for, um, yeah. This is all very fast. These are things that like, I've paid attention to, but not really, because I'm like, oh, it doesn't really affect the, it doesn't really affect what happens on the court, but it really does. Oh, yeah. And I imagine that the players who are top tier players who are underpaid salary wise more than make up for it with endorsements. They do. Yeah. The, the marketable ones do. I don't know if someone like, I don't know. like Jokic? Yeah. Tim Duncan. Yeah, like so first of all, Duncan didn't really do endorsements, and I don't know if like Jokic or I don't know anything about Luca and his personality type. Like if he's going to be doing State Farm ads or whatever. I mean, there's the sneakers that you get, but not all these guys are going to be getting national commercial deals. Yeah, but still a lot of money. Regardless. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just like, it, it seems, it seems like a little unbalanced as far as like the owners making so much money and the players making the other half. Yeah. But they're better off than all the players in the other leagues, certainly on the bottom end, like, because, because they get guaranteed contracts, which NFL players can't even hope for. And they get, you know, a lot, lot more per player like a guarantee uh, like a, a scrub in the nfl is you know making in the hundreds of hundreds of thousands right millions right. with no guarantees and from the competitive standpoint the salary cap does 
add parity to the league does make it where an OKC can compete, which is good for the league because it now it just makes it more interesting that there aren't that there are and makes it so there are more TV markets that will be following their team. Yeah. It seems like very well-regulated capitalism or well self-regulated capitalism. It is. And it's, it's basically like if, if the tax system in this country, like if the rich paid a lot in taxes and then the rest of the people benefited. But that's the way the tax system, like the income tax system used to be like back in the day, it was like 90% was like, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I think he was under Eisenhower. Right. <laughs> so, so that's that's how it was back in the day, and then I don't know. It's so, but this is is certainly um, it's there's redistribution, but this boat has gone up. Like the the rising tide has lifted this boat in general, because yeah, which could it, happen if we with our society, if if people looked out for each other, we could have a rising t- rising tide lifting the boats. But yeah. the players aren't going to look out for that. The players yeah. being the ultra rich who are not going to fight for <laughs> higher taxes. Yeah. But it's interesting to watch the experiment happen in the NBA. Yeah. And what I am worried about is like, we've talked a lot about how great Adam Silver is and how well the players union and the owners work together. Part of that is because revenue has been really good. If revenue starts going down, maybe they won't get along so well. Yeah. Especially, it's going to be especially tense for the newer owners who paid like top, top dollar to get in. Like Furtada. Yeah, like Furtada. Well, he's, yeah, he's brand new and his other businesses went kaput because of COVID, right? Restaurants and casinos. (laughs) So, but but like, and Balmer, Balmer doesn't care because Balmer's got more money than God. Like he's, He's not gonna. He's not gonna complain. But some of these other guys, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. Things are okay right now. I think. Yeah, hopefully. The ratings, though. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Ratings are not all that, though. Again, you know, television is not the end-all, be-all anymore, as far as. Um, marketability and 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 selling basically selling ads but that's where the dollars come from for the nba ultimately like that's the that's the that's a huge you know source of revenue is the television dollars and granted the right. contract is longer so it's like the tv networks are committed and all that stuff so it's always the, it's always how that works but, I, I think there's going to be the when the contracts get get renegotiated that's going to be uh yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, uh, I mean, we we go through the same stuff in the Screen Actors Guild right now, and trying to negotiate um, standard minimums and things like that for new media. Um, which you know, they're they're trying to do their best, but uh, it takes some real foresight um, to be able to predict where the where the money is going to be coming from and so and how to distribute that um which you know in that case shorter contracts make sense but i know tv contracts are like 10 years long which kind of doesn't make sense anymore yeah i think i think the next ones 
they're going to look back and they're going to be like, hey, we didn't sell as many ads as we wanted to, right? So we didn't get our money's worth. So you might think the number is going to go down, but the difference is there's going to be more bidders, right? Like that's that's it. Amazon's going to be bidding and Hulu's going to be bidding. And so I think the numbers will probably stay up because live sports are like one of the few things that people, you know, take in real time now yeah. and consume in the moment. That and like award shows are the only thing. Yeah. And um, revivals of the whiz. <laughs> yep. It took me a long time to remember the word revival. So okay. uh, not even sure that's the right one, but. Uh, I think so. That's it. Yeah. 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 All right. So we'll because the numbers are going to make a difference in how, like, in the player movement, it like it's going to affect everything. So hopefully they come in okay and they figure it out. I hope so. I have faith. Yeah, I have faith in this leadership. I mean, that's I why actually Adam Silver keeps saying like the plan is to have fans or at least some fans in building and not do a bubble. I don't know if that's doable until June. I don't know. Whenever, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna have to do a mini bubble, or fanless games. Maybe a early think, bubble and then switch to fans. I yeah, don't know. yeah. Do you guys think there's gonna be a rift in society when some people get the vaccine and other people don't? Like some people are gonna be like, "Yay, I get to go to concerts and I get to go <laughs> to sporting events," and then the people. Now who are at the, I don't know. It could be, how long, except. I think that's going to happen, but for how long is that going to happen? Hopefully not long. And hopefully that's why, hopefully the distribution logistics are done well uh, in terms of like giving it to the elderly first, because I don't think most people would have a problem with that. Yeah, I think the CDC gave states like 30 days to get their plans in. I think they're due like today or something. For vaccine uh, distribution? Exactly. <laughs> So there, there's plans in place and they're working on things. So that's, that's good to hear that our federal government is doing the very, the very minimum, which it hadn't been doing for a while. Yeah. Speaking of which, everybody go out and vote. Um, if you can vote early, do it. If you could vote by mail, do that. Whatever. I'm filling out my ballot tonight. Nice. I already sent mine in and are you, re good are job. you registered in New York? I am not. I uh, so I moved down to Florida. Yeah, and just to vote. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, I registered in Florida. Uh, finally got my uh, mail-in ballot. Yeah, and gonna gonna try to drop it off, or I think I'll drop it off. Mm -hmm. Fantastic! Yeah. That's awesome that you're yeah. registered in Florida because that makes a much bigger difference. <laughs> yeah, my, I mean, my there's, there's actually a lot of people moving to Florida now. A lot of uh, people from the liberal Northeast are moving down to Florida. Yeah, my cousin just did. He got a job in Florida from New Jersey. He he lived in New York. I don't know why I guessed New Jersey. <laughs> well, he grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, where's he? Where's he from? Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. He actually did an episode about the Chicago Cubs because he's a Cubs fan. 
Oh, nice. Oh, my God. I have a great story about that. So Wait, he grew up in New Jersey and he's a Cubs fan? Yeah. I don't know. Sure, Just love them sure. as the lovable losers. Um, so, uh, for one, one thing is I'm, I'm followed on Twitter by Barack Obama, which isn't as cool as it sounds. Um, it's because I, I joined Twitter very early on. And then in his early days of the campaign, when he wasn't even the front runner yet, I followed him and he was one of the first to be using social media a lot. And I think he had a setting set to auto follow back, which was a thing you could do then. Yeah. Still cool though, that he follows me. Um, so I'm talking to my cousin about doing the show. He, he just, and then I guess then he started just like looking me up on Twitter. He sees, uh, he see, and then he sees followers you may know, and it's Barack Obama. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> that's what he said. Cause it's, cause it's cool. It's like, whoa, Barack Obama follows you. Uh, and then I explained to him what's going on. Um, and then he tells his dad, my uncle, both that Barack Obama's following me and that he's doing my podcast, that he, my cousin's doing my podcast. And then like the next day I get a call from my mom. She's at my uncle's house. She's like, what's going on? I hear Barack Obama tweeted about your podcast. Oh, Parents are exactly. So, uh, I, my, my mother is not on Twitter because mm-hmm. You know, she's 70. Um, it hasn't stopped some people, and I wish it had. But, uh, <laughs> right. I wish they were cut off in age right now. Oh, man. Um, but I, during the, the finals, during the, uh, during the, uh, the halftime show on ABC, I don't know if you guys could hear this, but it sounded like they had like a really intense air conditioner on in the studio. So it was just like high pitched squealing during the halftime show. Did you guys? I didn't pick up on that, that, but that sounds funny. You know what I'm talking about, right? When it, when mm-hmm. there's like live TV and it's like, cause it's like, just turn the air conditioner <laughs> off. Like we can hear everything that's happening. I always do when we're recording. <laughs> I, I definitely do when I'm recording because, you know, yeah. I can hear things. Because we're professionals. Right. ABC's sound engineer must be like 70 <laughs> and not able to hear high-pitched tones. Anyways, I tweeted that uh, the uh, the ambient noise coming from the studio on ABC right now is making my dog go crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Because dogs can hear high-pitched noises. A little funny quip that's time-sensitive, right? I get an email from my mom yesterday. (laughs) Screenshotted my tweet and goes, did you get a dog? (laughs) I was like, "Uh, yeah, I guess I should only tweet things that are truthful. Yeah. Is what I take from that? Or, or, Or block your mom on Twitter. She doesn't, she's not on Twitter. Yeah, so how did she find There's this no out? Because you can go on Twitter. Okay, so she just goes and you looks you up tweets. every so often. No, so yeah, just she stalks me. And then you're, then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't know how much, never mind. Um, she's probably listening to this podcast right now. Nice. Uh, yeah, I found this out actually that my mom was stalking me on Twitter. <laughs> eight years ago when I made my documentary about social media and she's continued to stalk my <laughs> social media, but she's not on any social media. She just looks at it. 
She's a lurker. She is a straight up bushes creeper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's sign off for this week. Again, everybody vote. um, And we'll do this again next week. Of course, on the the social media that has been aforementioned, I am at Larry the Athlete. You can subscribe to Larry No Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. May all of your dreams be hoop dreams. Thank you.